When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This week's show is brought to you by amortgagenow.co.uk, the independent online mortgage brokers. Do you need help with a mortgage or remortgage? amortgagenow.co.uk provide a unique online independent mortgage advice service. This means no meetings, no paperwork, no hassle. Whatever your mortgage or remortgage needs, we can help. Visit amortgagenow.co.uk or call us now on 020-8979-9684. Amortgage Now are authorised and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority. Your home may be repossessed if you do not keep up repayments on a mortgage. Hello, good evening, good afternoon, good morning, wherever you are around the world. Welcome to the Spurs show. Um, it's going to be tough to get through this one after that display yesterday. But uh, I've got three fellow Spurs fans uh, joining me tonight who hopefully can um, put a positive spin on the garbage we watched yesterday. Joining me first is Ricky Sachs making his debut. Thank you, Mike. Nice, nice to, to see you. Uh, very prominent on, on Twitter. Uh, always, always interesting to hear his views on that. The comedy writer Brian Leverson returns. Good evening, Mike. Lovely and to be here. Lovely, lovely to see you again. And uh, a big Spurs season ticket holder, but also has to be said, currently, not not even get the sack or anything. Currently, uh, manager of Chelsea Ladies, but a massive Spurs Spurs fan. Emma Hayes joins us for Thank the first time. You. Thank you. Happy to be here. It's it's lovely to have you all here. Um, well, we've obviously got a. Uh, pick through the bones of um, yesterday's uh, abject performance. Um, Emma, firstly with you, I mean, uh, you know, working in the game, try and sort of sort of summarise why you think it went wrong, why you think we just didn't turn up. As a manager, you, you set the team up, you put them out, you give them instructions. Obviously, we don't, we're not party to exactly what Pochettino said before the game, but quite clearly... <laughs> Something went wrong from the, from the beginning. What, what, do you, what do you think that possibly was? Well, you can prepare them to cross the white line, but when the manager's having to make a change after 30 minutes, I think is a real indicator of how the team have failed to start the game in the right manner. And as we all know, you, regardless of the five wins, consecutive wins against United, you can't go up to Old Trafford and not compete 
on a physical level. And I just felt just on basic levels, first and second balls, the ability, you know, for, for Man United to just get in lots of 3v2 situations across the pitch was the, was the key part. But ultimately, you've got to defend your big moments. And, and I thought the defensive display yesterday was poor from Tottenham across mm. the board. Yeah, Brian, I mean, you know, you've, you've been going to Spurs for many years. So on a way, you've seen it all before, really. We have a bit of hope. We all look at the league table and go, oh, you know, get a result up here. We're back in it again. We're on a bit of a run now. I think if you're a Tottenham fan, your whole existence is built on hope. <laughs> but the, the, truth, the truthful expectation is we've been here before. We're here every year. Uh, and this is pr- traditionally the time of year that Arsenal put in a run and end up in the Champions League. And we fall apart and end up in mid-table obscurity. That's the Tottenham lot and that's twas ever thus as they say and um, Ricky what, what, what do you think I mean do you think uh, tiredness now I mean the players I mean look when, when you're losing 3-0 yeah. players will start looking tired do you think that was maybe one of the main reasons or do you just think we, we you know Pochettino didn't change things or I mean, yeah I, mean, I think that did play a, play a factor in proceedings um, I think when you look at it I think we played 14 games more than Manchester United mm. um, but if we're being brutally honest yesterday we just didn't turn up um as a team, you know, there's been very, very few bad days for us in terms of as a performance. Um, I think if you look at the season overall, I'd say from November onwards, since the Stoke defeat at home, I'd say the team essentially has been very, very good. Um, we have had a few, like I say, bad results, but I wouldn't say bad performances. Um, I think if you look at the team Potters, you know, put out there yesterday, I would say 99.9% of Spurs fans probably would have picked that team. Mm-hmm. Um, probably maybe questioning at length, maybe Townsend possibly, um, but who's done quite well recently. Um, but as a whole, as a, as a team performance, it was just an out-of-character performance. And to be fair, like I say, in terms of what we've seen recently, I, I'm not going to batter the players over it. It was, um, it was horrible to see that first half display, the way we kind of... I don't want to use the word capitulation, because I think that's too strong, because last season was a capitulation where it was four, five, six... This, obviously, yesterday, there was individual errors in there, but the players did keep running for 90 minutes. Um, and I'd say, like I say, I want to put it down to a bad day at the office and we'll come back stronger as a team. That's what I hope to believe. Well, it's nice to hear some semblance of positivity there. Emma, I mean, you know, <clears throat> we're playing a team who also... Well, not also, but a team who you, you, you thought may be low on confidence. I watched the game against... They played against Arsenal, and they were terrible. So you sort of think if we get at them and, you know, start well and, I mean, very early on there was that awful pass back and the ball went for a corner and we thought, oh, God, we've got a chance here. Um, and it came out after the game that Rooney, the, the, the United captain, had had a, a meeting with the players and, and sort of said, here we go again. Do you think there's a problem we have is our captain is, is our goalkeeper and therefore can't see certain things around the pitch? Well, I think it depends how you want to view a captain. You know, in certain cultures, it's not the most important player on the pitch. I think Tottenham have lacked a real leader. You know, Dawson, to some extent, fulfilled that a couple of years mm. back, but not with the same authority as some others. I think the fact that you're playing Manchester United after a big defeat at yeah. home, where there's huge question marks raised, you know, lots of things have been spoken about, players taking responsibility at United, and, and there was a reaction to their performance against Arsenal. Mm. And it's all about starting the game in a certain way. And, you know, just watching the first five or six minutes yesterday, you know, there was a, a reasonable start for us. But once United got on the ball, the crowd got behind them. We didn't do much to 
you know, quieten the crowd. And I think we've done that at Old Trafford mm. in the past. And and the longer the, the first half was going on, you just sort of sensed there was a degree of fatigue to some extent, though they've only played one game in the week. But you mm. could argue that 14, 13, 14 games more over the course of the season, there is going to be some depletion stores for the players. And, it, you know, yes... Should be a starting eleven. However, if you don't rotate your squad, which Pontettino hasn't done, especially the last couple of months, you know perhaps you know there are some tiredness issues with the team. Do you, do you, do, would you agree with that, Brian? Um, not totally. I mean, I think yes, there's certainly going to be some fatigue. But as far as I can see, um, most of our most successful performances have involved us really getting at the other side, you know, against Arsenal, against Chelsea. We closed them. We didn't give them space to move. We didn't give them time to breathe. Which is the Pochettino way, It's the Pochettino way. But when we played at Anfield, Liverpool outmuscled us in exactly that way. Mm. And yesterday, Man United did exactly the same thing. Every time Kane got the ball, he had three people around him. Now, Tottenham aren't a difficult team to defend against mm. because we haven't got real penetration what we've got is Harry Kane what we've got is Christian Eriksen there's not a lot of creativity there's not a lot of of, uh, of incisive play from Tottenham outside those two mm. and for us to progress people like play like I like Mason and I like Bentaleb but they failed miserably yesterday um, and you know we we, we see um What's the name of the... Here's my brain, memory going. Here. The guy who scored their first goal. Fellaini. Fellaini, Fellaini thank who, you. Who's over and, hasn't had a great season all season. I, listen, I'm, I'm, Spurs and I'm early 60s and game. I'm about four stone overweight and I played really lousy quality football. But I regard myself as only marginally worse than Fellaini. <laughs> <laughs> and over and over again, he went and stood in the inside left channel, stood there, mm. and Mason stood in front of him rather than being behind him. There was no point. It was only in the second half he marked him. And so that's when Fellaini started to move out of that channel. He got so much joy down there because Walker's drawn out to Mark Ashley Young. But why? But why? why? Well, that's why. And, and they were out muscling us all the time. And they, their movement was fluid. And I think once they scored their first goal, I thought we just could, I thought we did capitulate. Mm. I thought we looked like a beaten side from then on in. Mm. We looked nervy. We looked tired. But even beyond that, I thought, you know, you would talk about Carl Walker yesterday. You know, you, you teach your fullbacks, you've got to get wide to the touchline to defend players, but you've got to get inside again. The gap between him and Dyer was always, massive over and, and over. always is. It's consistent. And how he easily Dyer fails to close and that how gap. easily Rooney went past Dyer. Mm. I have to ask about that as well. It was a terrible yeah. moment. I mean, yeah. I didn't think they scored great goals. Mm. We started with the. Was, was it, um, Bentaleb with the... Uh, the Bentaleb play, played it to Rooney and Rooney just ran at Dyer and somehow managed to go straight through him. But do you think, Ricky, you know, obviously, yeah. you know, look, from the positive side, we're saying, oh, great, you know, he's, he's bringing the team, the, yeah. the players through for the reserve team, mm. the academy are coming through, aren't they great? They're, you know, the stars of the future. Yeah. Unfortunately, the chips are down, you're not playing well. Yeah. They look like kids and it's, it looked like men v boys, didn't it? If I can be bluntly honest with you, Mike, I think the, the problem we've got is the squad, we say it's a squad, Pochettino trusts within that squad about 11 to 12 players, mm. 13, 14 maximum. Um, now, touching back to Emma's point, she's saying in regards to rotating the squad, I don't think within that squad he's got the players there that he can trust to do the job. Now, that is evident in terms of his selection since the cup final, even before that. I'd say even probably since the turn of November with the exclusion of Kabul the exclusion of Kapu. Um, 
Adebayor. You want to go as far as that? So for me personally, as a Tottenham fan, I want to see players out there that want to play for the shirt, that want to fight for the shirt. And I think the reason why in the last, I'd say, three to four months there's been such a growing belief behind the team is that fans are starting to embrace the fact mm. that there's players there, like I say, with Kane, Townsend, Mason, Bentaleb. These are players that are homegrown, that give us, like, know what it means to the fans. You saw that after the Chelsea win. You saw that after the Arsenal win. And I think, like I say, going back to Brian's point on the Mason and Bentaleb partnership, they didn't turn up yesterday. That's a, that's a fair point. You could, you could say that. But if we're being honest... That Chelsea game, they turned up. The 5-3, they turned mm. up. And they also turned up against Arsenal. In both of those games, we were behind. And those players, like I say, they stuck together and they came back into the game and got us a result. So there's no mm. doubt they can do it on the big stage. I always say a young team learns a lot more in defeat mm. than they do in victory. And like I say, it's a step-by-step process. And battering the players, I don't think it's going to help. Um, what I will say is that it's a massive sum for Pochettino in terms of if he can just tinker the group and bring in a couple of experienced heads that can, like I say, in attack and midfield, help the squad grow. There's no reason why, like I say, Ben Slipper Mason can't improve his players. I mean, you see this year, I think, personally, um, Ben Slipper has come on as a midfielder. I'm not going to lie, I wasn't his biggest fan under Sherwood. But I think what Pochettino has done is pushed the guy on. And if you see now the amount of forward passes Ben Slipper makes, creates the goals, he created goals against Arsenal. You know, he's, he's now a forward-thinking player where before I would liken him to a bit of a Jermaine genius. He was very much a sideways passer. So, like I say, I think there's a lot of positives to take, but obviously it's difficult with the defeat yesterday to see any positives in it um, because of the manner of the performance. Yeah. If you, I mean, you look at the... T- I mean, we'll look at the defence because I'm, I'm, I don't have the stats. We've conceded a lot of goals this season. We've conceded three at Old Trafford, three at Anfield. It's the fifth worst um, defence. You know, the, God knows how many at Man City. Yeah. Um, you know, again, you know... A, Chelsea and Arsenal aside, when we yeah. have played the big clubs around us, we, we've conceded a lot of goals. So you've got to look at the defence, and obviously Gabor was the captain, quite clearly a fallout, probably never play for Spurs again. Mm. So we've got Vertonghen in there, Fazio. Fazio now has been out of favour for a while, he's yeah. Dyer who's coming in. I mean, you know, again, it, it's just not strong enough, is it? No, but, it's not. Sorry. Think, but, sorry, don't you think Vertonghen and Dyer can, uh, can turn into a real partnership? I agree. I, agree. I, really, I really like them as players. I agree. But they are on the ball. But when it's time, I think, in some of the tougher battles, yeah. you know, we saw it last week at QPR when you've got players like Zamora, you know, tall, you know, sort of old school centre forward, l- l- creates problems for Dyer. But it goes back to your point before, and I, I can speak with a coach's head here. What are we going to expect from younger players? Mm-hmm. This is Dyer's yeah. first season, Bentaleb, Mason. Could You're going to get time. the highs and lows I mean, that goes with it. What Back to the squad point, the issue you face is that there isn't quite the depth in the squad, no. even though there's a lot of international players in there, but none that Ponchettina or even the fans trust. Exactly. Let's be brutally honest about it. Yeah. So we're having to rely, and equally, I think as fans we accept there's going to be the highs and lows within the performances knowing that in the long term, it's in our best interest. And I think we have to say, with Ponchettino, we trust, we like to at this point, but more importantly, he's got the backroom staff now with Paul Mitchell from Southampton, knowing that the recruiting department is in even better shape. And I think moving forward, we just have to build on the successes You look at the players he's brought in, uh, off the top of my head, Fazio wasn't playing Davis, he was on the bench, Stambouli wasn't even on the bench either. He's brought in a few players... (laughs) <laughs> who aren't even getting into the side. Yeah, but I've got to say on that, your point very rightly. Um, Thank you. With regards to, with regards to Ben Davis, I, I think the, 
What we've seen is Rose, for me, has evolved this season in a, into a really, really top-class fullback. Yes, there are games where he does make the, the slight mistakes. Every club has a fullback where they're going to be highlighted for errors because you're playing for a Premier League club that you know we are, I want to say, fighting for Champions League football. Um, but for me, he's come on as a fullback, and that's down to Pochettino. If you saw what he did with Shaw last season, he's done exactly the same with Rose. He's taken him on to another level. Um, and that's pretty much why Davis, for me, was brought in, but can't actually break into the team, you know, because Rose has, has now came on, come on such so well. That's my, I mean, my concern as a, as a long-suffering Spurs fan is, uh, and I've said this before on this show, it's just not enough. I, I'm sick of just being fifth, sixth, oh, Champions League one season, and every season we make excuses for this club and go with Sony there, oh, you know, but they're... You know, he's, 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 you know, it was another transitional season. We've got to give, let him bring his own players in. This goes on year after year, decade after decade. After decade. Yeah, what has to happen in that club for someone, whoever it is, to come in and go, this is how we're going to do things. Give this, you know, whether it's Pochettino's right, man, I don't know. None of us know. Give him time. But there's always this soft underbelly that when we lose, we lose. The big problem you know? was, the big problem was, under, at the end of Harry Redknapp's reign, we were three players away from having a team capable of challenging for the title. Mm, and what we did was we ended up buying seven. Mm. And I think one Ericsson is the only one of those who's shown anything for me. And the other problem we now have is that Levy, having spent so much money, is not going to want to sell these players unless he gets mm. his money back. Yeah. Can you see anybody paying 30 million quid for Lamella? Or God knows how much for Paulinho? No. No. I just, it wouldn't surprise me if all of them are still there next season. Really? Well, that's, God, that's and that's a, hot, that's a terrifying thought. It's but I think thing. that this... But Levy's, as we, we know that he's driven by the balance sheet. Mm. But from a coaching point of view, Emma, when you're sort of given players, which happens most of the time, you're, you're given players and you, you, you try and teach them, this is how we're going to play, how quickly can you sort of see it clicking and players doing it? And if it's not happening... And you don't, you know, the bond should say is if you don't have the players around you, you could do it. What about a plan B? Which again, I don't really see under Pochettino, but things aren't working. We're going to try something else. Well, it goes back to trust. Back to your first point, it's 12 games. You need yep. 12 games to really get an, an idea. And as we saw with Pochettino coming in, playing the likes of Capul and, uh, and Paulinho and Capuz, I think the majority of fans are thinking, what can he not see that hmm. we see on a regular basis? But I think this is, this is a guy that's recognised uh, that he wants to do the right things for the long term and has bought, I think, the right support staff. Paul Mitchell has a fantastic reputation. And I think he's been left with a group of players that for, for a lack of better way of putting it they're just not good enough mm. they're not they're not the right players for us and so he's put his faith and his trust in the young players that shed uh, a lot of goals it has to be said and you go back to the development of players like Rose and, and Walker yes going forward I think they, they can be exceptional talents mm. defensively I think they're both awful they're absolutely so, they are the terrible most players. stupid defenders I think in the I'm glad we agree we oh. share we share the eye, when you've got a, a striker who's got his back to your goal facing away from yeah. your goal, yeah. why would anybody think it's a good idea to just push them over? I think it's been a regular thing, though. And I think Ben Davis, to be fair to him, every time I watch him on a regular basis, he's a better 1v1 defender. I agree. I think he, he learns how to show whoever he's, whoever he's marking in wide positions. I always think he's more in control than I agree Rose. with you. I think his back post defending is better. I think for Carl Walker, just as a coach, I, the amount of times I watch him ball watching or stuck to the player out wide instead of 
staying tight with his back four. And I see our, our back four individually exposed because collectively they're not a fantastic unit. No, they're not. And That's we've exactly been, the We've been reliant on, on, on the athleticism of Hugo Lloris. And, and don't get me wrong, that, you know, he really is. If it, if it wasn't for him in the same way it wasn't for De Gea at Manchester United, I doubt we would be in the position we're in. Mm. I just think we've been reliant. We have been looking for a 30-goal striker for so many years. He was in our laps. We were told by Sherwood and all of that backroom staff that he was in our laps all along. The problem we now have is, yes, we may need a bit more creativity in midfield, but I think we've got to get right at the back. Mm. I think we, we need absolutely. an imposing, world-class mm. centre-back. And yes, Vertonghen has abilities. For me, Vertonghen just strikes me as the sort of player that... He's in it when he wants to be I in it. He can be, yeah, he can he be in it, yeah. but you know what? He is this year. I think year, he's been stunning year, in, the, he has in the big been, games. This year he's been fantastic. But this goes back to my point. Last year he wasn't. I agree. You know, so there, he's an emotional player. Dyer, wonderful technician, good decision he's maker. Young yet and he'll he's learn. got lot, whereas Fazio, I think, is is more European style, <laughs> good out and out sort of good centre half. But you can't leave the ball twice in his Twice he's tried to dribble out of defence and twice the, he's ended it's up not his strength. Goal. But is he Ponchettino signing? Arguably, he didn't get well, his Well, we tried to get this other, other it, player. Is Baldini now out of the picture? No, I mean, he's, still, he's still gamefully employed, as, as far as I'm aware. And I don't know what sort of contract it is. Now, we all assume that he'll be, uh, you know, thank you very much, goodbye at the end of the season. But who knows? So what kind of players, I mean, you know... I know we've got to try and look forward. We've still got games this season, and many sort of Spurs fans out there still think, oh, you know, win on Saturday and someone loses, we're back in there. But I can't see it. Do the three of you, are you fans that wants to see Europa League football? You think it's an important thing for players coming through and squad, or do you just think, let's just... I don't think it brings in that much money. See, me personally, growing up as a 25 now, me personally... The epitome of being a Spurs fan was Spurs being in Europe. Mm. Now, for so long growing up, we craved being in Europe, and now suddenly we've come to a point where we're too good for what people say is the minor European competition. Now, it's changed this season. This minor European competition is a ticket to the Champions League. Mm. Now, Spurs fans, just to push back on your other question, Tottenham fans, we fantasise with Champions League football. We, we fantasise with the idea. But if we're being brutally honest, going back to the squad we've got, mm. is this squad good enough to compete in the Champions League? Being brutally honest, the answer would be no. I personally think, even in the group stages or even in the qualifying stages, I don't think we've got the squad to compete. And that's, like I say, that's not down to the manager because the manager, for me, at the moment, has exhausted the tools he's been given. Mm. And it pushes back to your point that in the summer, it's so important that the buys that are made are Pochettino's choices. And like we say, going back through time, that's not always been the case. He's always been given an alternative. We look at the summer with Fazio. um, It wasn't his first choice. Ilden Masaccio didn't come off. Stambouli wasn't his first choice. Got given Schneiderlin. It's so important, like I say, this particular summer, if we do believe Pochettino is the right man, which personally, I might be wrong, I believe he is the right person, um, I would really like to see him given the opportunity to bring in the players that he wants so that he can, like I say, with his philosophy, continue the direction of the club, which I think is going forward. You know, for me personally, no one wants to be sixth or seventh. The ambition is to be better. But at this present moment in time where we stand, the top four or five clubs on paper are better than us. And that's a horrible thing to admit, but that's the harsh reality at the moment. You look at our squad compared to the likes, I hate to say it, of Arsenal, Sanchez, you know, Welbeck, 
Um, you got Oz, even Ozil. I know he hasn't been great this season, but there's still a player there. You look at their squad. You know, we we need a world class. We haven't got world class players. You know, we've got it's a youth squad. You're talking about you're talking about midfield players there that can score goals, and I can't remember the last time I apart Ericsson, Ericsson aside, Ericsson's yeah. it. Yeah. Mm. And so, I mean, I, as I say I'm a fan of Bentaleb and I'm a fan of Mason, but neither of them score goals. Mm. Um, Mason gets into great positions. And he's got a wicked right foot. Why he doesn't score more goals? I mean, I don't know. Maybe just confidence, or maybe he just he just seems to thrash at it when he gets gets a sniff of goal, rather yeah. than having a bit of calm about him. But he's got the ability, certainly. Mm. That's where I think it takes time, though. And I, I think yeah. when you coach young players, particularly like Mason, he's a technical player. He's grown into his own throughout the season. Sometimes can be hot and cold within his performance because he is a little slight. Exactly. However, you know. He needs to score more goals for him to become a great. And I think Tottenham have been accustomed to good goal-scoring midfielders. But we've we've been lacking it. We were so reliant on Ericsson, not just not from open play. Van der Bart was the last one, <coughs> yeah, wasn't I'd it? Say we, last we really, one, we're really struggling to create. I mean, Chadley, another hot and cold player. You you know, he's got unbelievable enough. ability. Just to push back on your point in regards to Mason Benson, just do you not think with age, players will progress and get better and better? You look at, I know it sounds silly, someone like Gareth Bale, I'm not in the world comparing him to him. But when Bale first burst onto the scene, I think in a season, I think he only got three or four goals. Mason, like I say, he's got a couple this season. It's his first season. He's broken through. Do you not think within, within time, within trust, within development of players, these players can improve, can get better and can score goals? Well, then? that's the operative word. They can, they may, they might. You put your investment into that. You put your time into it. How long you wait for that, you know, yeah. is, is... You can't you wait. It's the Premier League. No, no, you, I mean, you I can't. think, look, we all agree we've got some great young players yeah. who are now in the first team. We all hope they're, they're advanced. But I don't think come pre-season we look for other kids to bring through. No. I mean, there's this guy Yedlin we brought in who I, I, I've, been, I've been told by certain <laughs> people is nowhere near Premier League this standard is, yeah. yet. He's very, very fast, very fit, but that is it. So we've got to go out as much as we can without Champions League football, probably again, but still try and buy marquee signings, big, experienced players who've been there and done it. You then again got to look at the wages. As you mentioned, Brian, we've got some people on some big wages, out of Bayob, prime example, who we've got to get off the wage bill. <laughs> we've got to get him off. We you cannot know. wait to get rid of Adebayor, can we? We really He was in all the press today, wasn't he? Picking up Kane. When he wants driving to name the place, I will take him personally. <laughs> Honestly, yesterday when he came on, I know it sounds awful, I completely lost interest. I've got to be honest, I feel that way about I just Danny feel Rose. Like <laughs> we're carrying this player. Listen, he doesn't want to be there. We don't want him to be there. And I think, like I say, we're, we're, I'm speaking on the majority of a lot of Tottenham fans by saying that, you know, the minimum Tottenham fans demand from what I, from what I know is work rate. Of course. And with him, like I say, he's brilliant when he wants to be and he goes missing. It's quite funny. I watched a YouTube clip today, five years ago, of an interview with Adebayo at Arsenal. And I promise you, if you played the same YouTube clip today, the exact same material in that is of complete relevance in terms of him being booed by the fans, in terms of him playing for a contract. It's exactly the same situation. Personally, as a Spurs fan, I cannot wait for the day he goes. That, for us, will be... A, I think that will be a massive... But the problem is, he's, but he hasn't been fairness to him. He hasn't been playing at all. We've no. been relying on yeah. Harry Kane, who's been fantastic this season. But, you know, he's been found out by defenders now. I mean, Chelsea in the League Cup final, the game yesterday, two or three defenders around him, nowhere to go. 
He has a quiet game because he's got no support. But you're going to be found out when you don't have other distractions. Yeah, exactly. You play Chelsea yeah, and Mark Costa, well, you've still got to deal with Hazard. You've still got to deal with If you had Fabregas. a Soldado that could score goals mm-hmm. and he was up, up playing up in front of Harry Kane, who likes to come deep anyway, I think you'd see a real threat then. Mm. No, I, I think there's just... Uh, we expect a lot. We still expect a lot. And, and Harry Kane, even watching him at QPR last week... And I was, I was sat at the halfway line and all I kept thinking was, he's not overly involved in the game early on, but bang, goal. Mm. That's what he is. He, he will finish with limited chances. You saw it late on in the second half yesterday. He may not get a lot, but our expectation of him now is so much so that we expect Rooney-esque type performances every game. Every game. Yeah, and, sure. and he's got the qualities. There's no question. I, well, I, was, I was mentioning Van der Vaart earlier. If you remember, there, we had a period when Van der Vaart and Bale were scoring goals and they were the only people we had scoring goals and both of them got injured. Mm. And we had a long, a fairly lengthy period when neither of them was fit and we stopped scoring goals and we slid down the table. Mm. And we can't be relying on two people mm. year in, year out. But it's, but it's how we get to this stage. I think we'd all agree up until this point we've been making steady progress. The, the, the point is, is the, why do we get to this stage every year and falter? We don't even get to Easter now. I mean, yes, mathematically, we are competing for fourth position. The reality is, regardless of our schedule, it's a long shot for Tottenham after yesterday's result. With this squad, yeah. I and, mean, and, and that's squad. about that performance yesterday, fatigue. The reality is they play one game a week now. Yeah. We're yeah. out of all competitions. Yes, you accumulate fatigue over a course of a season. So it's not, yes, they probably had the right recovery. Nonetheless, Man United's big players show up yesterday. For us, beyond our young players, we're so reliant on those first-year senior pros mm. to show up. Yeah. You turn around and you're thinking, well, we can't rely on Soldados and Adebayors. No. Our senior and players. You're, and you're, you're talking about like signing marquee players, expensive marquee players. We have to be really careful we don't make See, the same mistakes again. Me. With regards mm. to the marquee players we talk about, yeah, I agree we do need to bring in a few, you want to say marquee, experienced players, I would like to think. What concerns me is, if we do that, is I don't want that to hinder the players that we've already got. Now, people like I say, with regards to Mason and Ventilip, some people are saying they're not good enough. We'll never know if we just bring players in over them. This is the, this is the problem that Spurs have been for years. You know, certain players we bring in, you know, we let Sigurdsson go. Now, a lot of Spurs fans I speak to still can't really work out why we let Sigurdsson go. Great set-piece taker. I mean, he's, when he was at the game against a couple of weeks ago, cracking free kick, nearly scored. He's got great corner. <laughs> Look at our corners. Sometimes our corner kicks. I just think, what are we doing in training? Mm. But like I say, I mean, what I don't want it to be is that we bring an overload of players in again and you get that now where Pochettino's got to work with a squad with Liverpool at the start of the season where Liverpool went and invested five or six players in the squad and there was a situation with Rodgers at the beginning. He lost, you know... But, they, but, been... but Liverpool have timed it now. They're yeah, now in but they may the have been the time. The time. I mean, it was time Well, they, they've been without... Key players, haven't they? Mm. And now they're fit mm. and we're seeing exactly what they're capable of. But the chances are, I mean, you look at our fixtures, the chances are, unless we really spurs it up, we will finish in the Europa League place this season, I think. So next season... I, I we, we be so sure. You uh, think so? You really think do? So. so, you know, this season, you know, next season, we could be in exactly the same position again, where we've got Thursday, Sundays. Yeah. What, you know, so what are we going to do as a club... And we know that they don't have much, you know, I know the big um, sky is coming in, but we've got a massive stadium to build. So we know historically Levy was our net spend, six, seven hundred thousand pounds. We don't spend much money 
we, we don't do it. So, but that, let's stay with the manager for no, three years. Let's 100%. give him three seasons. 100%. I think, yeah. in all in all fairness, I think we all agree with it's that. it's going to take time. Unless but, he goes on a shocking run, but he will. <laughs> but back, back to Levy's control over the club. I mean, some would argue, why would you give the money money to the managers prior to Pochettino to buy players that, that that they then want they wanted? I think with Pochettino, I think Levy does trust him, I and agree. I think he's I think seen he does. Does. the development of those players come through he's seen shrewd investments for that he's backed him by by bringing out Mitchell from Southampton yeah. who is the biggest one of the biggest reasons why Southampton have been successful but to, for Pochettino to start the beginning of pre-season with a group of players that he now knows to be his own mm, yeah. hopefully the loan market now can be lucrative in terms of getting recouping some of that money on single-season fees. And I think the likes of Soldado will depart. Adebayor, we're going to have to push him out of the building because he's not going to leave easily. He's not that sort of guy. He's not that guy, I think, that wants to to play. He's he's on a good wage. He's had a good career. I think um, that that will be difficult to get rid of the likes. They call it a Suicotto syndrome. (laughs) They share it. There's no question. But but he will not play for Tottenham any longer, I think, on a regular basis. But moving forward, we're all going to be looking now. Uh, Are we going to be signing the likes of youngsters from MK Dons? Mm. Are we going to be signing more young, top young players from around Europe? I wouldn't be surprised... If he does go and sign young, hungry players, because now you look at a Snyderling move, for example, you discover Bentele. Back to your point, yeah. we're developing mm. him. Do you now go and sign a Snyderling? Yeah, that's what. Who saw Kane coming? To be, I, I to be honest with you, no. nobody, no, nobody. No. Did. The background staff did. The backroom staff were, were, were first to say. And to Tim Sherwood's credit and, and to, to Chris and Les when they were there, they did speak highly of the young players and said, look, we've got kids here coming through at Tottenham that are as good, if not better than those. And they were right about that. Well, that's because we bought so badly. Because we bought so bad, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um, before we um, uh, try and look forward to the end of the weekend, just a couple of uh, messages. We've teamed up the brilliant hotel tonight, the world's leading app for booking last-minute hotel rooms, to offer you £15 or $25 off your first booking. Choose from any array of award-winning hotels around the world by downloading the free app from any app store by searching Hotel Tonight or go to hoteltonight.com slash now. Enter Spurs in the promo code box and you can book a hotel around the world in three easy clicks. Well worth having on your phone if you uh, travel around. I know a few of you out there used it uh, to book some really good last-minute deals in hotels in Manchester. You put it in your room earlier than you thought when you left after about 60 minutes. Also, the football pool. Sign up and play the good old football pools. It's still out there, you know, and um, you can still win big money there and get four games absolutely free. Go to bit.ly slash spurspools. And finally, and more important to sort of, again, hark bat if the season ends with a whimper, uh, Monday, May the 25th at the Guanabara Club in Covent Garden. It's our annual end-of-season live show with Osvaldo Ardiles and Ricardo Villa. Uh, go to live.spurshow.net for tickets. And uh, I'm sure from Aussie we get a couple of uh, bottles of red wine down and he might tell us a bit <laughs> about... Because him and Pochettino are very good friends. Yeah. And uh, I'm sure we'll ask, ask the right questions, get some stuff about what really is going on behind the scenes there. Um, so coming on to that. So this weekend, I mean, you know, we, we, we look at games coming up. We've got Leicester City on Saturday, a team that are pretty much down, unless they go on some amazing run. Um, an easy three points? 
<laughs> well, it, the, the thing is, we, we look at this and we think, oh, look, there's all these teams near the bottom of the table. This is going to be no... But these are teams scrapping mm. yeah. for, for, I think, and Burnley, of course, have had this yeah, great, great result. Um, I don't think there's any easy games. Mm. There are no easy games, especially this time of the season. If the Spurs show up, we know, then Spurs should win the game. But as you know, Mike, <laughs> anything is possible. Um, we should win the game. Simple as that. We should win the game. And like I say, the fixtures this weekend with Liverpool, Man United, as I've said, if they draw that game, the Spursy feeling comes so, back. Yeah, you're, you're, you're doing gonna, it. You're, you're doing it. You're working out of He's got that youthful optimism. I love this guy. Hope that kills you. But you never know. Football's a funny old game. You never know. Like I say, there's nine games to go. 27 points still to play for. That's a lot of points. Mm. You know, and teams are dropping points where you don't expect. Man City went to Burnley the weekend. A lot of people would have thought Man City would turn up, wipe the floor with Burnley. Didn't happen. Like I say, there is still twists and turns. But... Who knows? Is there a bit of you, everyone, that starts looking where Arsenal are and starts getting twitchy, like, oh, yeah. no, oh, no, could they still? Because Chelsea haven't sort of, you know, you know, not obviously dropped some points recently. I don't think we're in competition with Arsenal. No, well, I don't. I don't think, really I don't think we've been in competition yeah, yeah. with Arsenal for years. Yeah. <laughs> no, I agree. I think, I think it's, you know, Chelsea still six points clear, game in hand, you know, regardless. Their game in hand is against Leicester, so. Yeah, yeah regardless, I think, of Chelsea's recent form. Let's credit Southampton, you know, uh, to it was a tough, tough opponent for them to play yesterday after a difficult week for the yeah. club, and they still mm. get a point. That's, that is the point. I mean, it's time and all for these referees the are result. against Chelsea, apparently. All yeah. of them are against Chelsea. <laughs> Just with regards to Southampton, obviously a lot of people, they've had, a, they've had a fantastic season for what they've been through in terms of, obviously, the player turnover. We are level on points with them. You know, and people will say it's fantastic season for Southampton. Mm. I suppose in comparison to Spurs, Southampton, I don't want to be disrespectful, but they are... No, be disrespectful, small, Southampton. <laughs> they are a smaller club than Spurs. But we are on level points with them as we... As we stand, going into the last nine games, um, if we're trying to be really, really optimistic, we're going to hope that Man United falter. Um, and I've got to be honest, if you asked the question last week, a lot of Man United fans, I mean, even back to Monday night against Arsenal, oh, a lot of them were, were really, really nervous about the run. And then suddenly one game, it changes mm. everything. But within even that first 10 minutes yesterday, people seem to forget there was an awful back pass from Jones or De Gea. Yeah. Could have been 1-0 Spurs. So it does all change. It's a confidence game. You know? I don't think Man United are going to find an easier opponent no, in the run-in <laughs> than they did with Spurs. Agreed. That was our worst performance for some time. Mm, it was time. abject. It was miserable. It was abject is exactly I, the word. It's so difficult to speak positively about what has been up until that point a great run for Spurs. Mm, it yeah. really has. We've proved to be, again, difficult away from home. But it was the first time you saw the Spurs of old at this time of the year. Because you have to look at it in stages. Mm. It was I still just have of... a warm glow over the Chelsea game yeah. and the Arsenal game. I still yeah. have a warm glow over those. No, there's no question for that. And you could see with the disappointment on the players' faces. Even Townsend being hauled off after 30 minutes. It was just that sense of failure. They knew they, didn't show, they hadn't shown up. And I'm sure as part of the post-mortem this morning, the players will hold their hands up. And sometimes that just happens. There are bad days in the yeah, office. Yeah, they'll learn. Like they say, really the players, are. they're young players, they will learn and that's the most important thing. You know, as I push back to my original point, you learn more sometimes, like I say, in defeat than you do in victory and they're young players, they will learn from the experience and like I say, when they cross the white line again, you've only got to hope the fact with that experience in mind that should hopefully be enough to carry them over. But I think the that's the, the case s- for some of them, not all of them. When we yeah. talk about young players, we can make excuses for that. I look at Carl Walker, who See, Walker, some commentator no. the other week said was going to be the best right-back no. in the world. I don't know what game Pochettino he's watching. said that Rose is the best left-back no in the country. No chance. Absolutely Walker's pace no gets chance. him out of trouble numerous times, and that's the one thing. But the only thing I can assume, like you, push, like you said, Mike, Yedlin just simply isn't ready for this league. Yedlin is an MLS player. 
You know, I don't care what you say. Uh, the MLS for me, Robbie Keane is scoring 30 goals in the MLS. Mm. I scored 28. Well, t- <laughs> well, that for me, like I say, <laughs> is, the, is the point. You know, Yedlin for me, Pochettino's obviously seen something in him to want to bring him to Spurs if it was his choice. Mm. But the guy's clearly not ready yet. And it, I don't know if we'll see him before the end of the season. But like I say, with Walker's performance yesterday, you've got to question whether, you know, we do give Yedlin a chance. I've heard he's nowhere near a chance. Not even close to him. Jürgen Klinsmann like him. Really? I like Jürgen Klinsmann. I mean, he had a fantastic <laughs> display at the World Cup. It, it must be said, if you're basing it off of those performances and within MLS, yeah, I think those at Seattle said it was too soon for him to move to Spurs. Mm. There's a reality to that. He He's not that experienced. Nonetheless, he's talented. But it goes back to the point, playing in the Premier League, being ready for that. And he's not. He's clearly not. But People told me to watch Yedlin on a YouTube clip and how quick he was, was to recover and go and get the ball off the shot. It is an astonishing turn of speed. Yeah, what you haven't, what they didn't tell me, was that it was his sliced miss kick that put him in the cap <laughs> in the first place. So, Emma, when, when you sort of get players after a, a, an awful defeat like that, how quickly is it to sort of get them up and get them ready and, and, and looking forward to the next game? Well, I think in any defeat, you have the 24 hours to sulk, to groan, to moan, to point fingers... Do whatever you do, let it out. Then you get back the next day and you regroup and think about the next game. And I'm sure players today, uh, if they have their day off today, I don't know, but they will they will have their, their, their sights firmly fixed on Leicester. But there will be a post-mortem about that. There's no question. But I, when you hear so many of the players talking now about being in a dressing room full of their mates, it seems like we've got rid of some of the bully boys yeah. that have been around the last couple of years. Well, if they are mates and they're developing the spirit that we think is there, then there'll be honesty. Hmm. With honesty comes the right assessments. What is important, though, within that is that the manager is... Yes, he's developing at this point, but he has to assess... Are this group really good enough mm. to continue to develop together, to move forward? And I would argue, if you're conceding two goals a game on a regular basis, we have a defensive problem. Yet, we have a style of play that's about pressing the ball high up the pitch, condensing the play, playing with high lines at the back. And if we have that style of play, well, you better make sure your back four's decent. And I think we have an awful back four as a unit. Mm. So, in terms of mm. what they now do as a club, we can sit here and say we need to create more. Actually, this season, I felt more than ever, we're always going to get a goal. But yeah. I was, I'm constantly concerned of the Two one Two is we're never enough, to... really, is <laughs> it's it? It's just not. And, and so what does he do with that? Where does he go? Who's he going to buy? I mean, you looked at a, a Winston Reid perhaps coming in at the end. And you thought, do you think organisation would help at the back and a defensive coach? Well, I think when you've got two centre-backs in Dyer and Vertonghen who are very good footballers, but if you turn them, they're not the quickest players to recover. So you're playing high up the pitch. Teams have exploited us when they've had runners coming from deep. We've done it at home earlier on this season when Manchester United... Even it's the risk of biggest, high line, isn't it, anyway, And it is when yeah. you don't have pace there. You ha- we get out of trouble with our fullbacks, Walker in particular. Yeah. But I think moving forward, I'd love for us to go and sign a world-class centre-back, perhaps to pair with Vertonghen. Well, they're and looking with- at Aberworld, aren't they, the... Um- the oh, Belgian right. yeah. who's very, very good. He's at Southampton, but he's on loan from Madrid, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. Atletico Madrid. A Tottenham esque player. There's, yeah. there's, no, there's no question about gracefully that. Gracefully goes about the pitch. That's what I'd say, gracefully goes. But back to the point, I mean, let's not forget Pochettino was a centre back as well. <laughs> so when we say about a defensive coach, Pochettino, mm. 
he he was the he was a centre back himself. So you'd like to think, hopefully, obviously everything at the moment. <laughs> defensively, there is issues in that defence. I think it's the fifth worst defence in the Premier League at the moment. And let's be honest, if it's the fifth worst defence in the Premier League, should it be? Even thinking about Champions League, but it has been for two seasons. It was error laden last year. We, if you ta- go back to last year, the amount of goals we'd given up by individual errors, it's the same this year. And that's why I think we lack leadership in that line. Yep. For Tongan, for as good as he is, I've never once seen him turn round to his left or right back and say, "Get there, stay no, there, yeah. sit in this position." And I think sometimes you need that. When Stambouli plays. I think he's one of the only players, though I think his level is not the same. Mm. I think he's one of the only players that shows leadership. Yeah. I think we really lack a leader at the back that has control, who's commanding, who's really demanding excellence. Have we had one of those since Gary Mabbott? I don't know that we have. Ledley King was the quietest person I've ever known. We probably haven't. And I think that's why we feel it's, it, it's lacking. And I think... You only have to look at the top teams. We talk about Cahills and Terry's at Chelsea. Company when he's been at his best and whomever's playing alongside him because they rotate so often. But defences do win you things. Even Arsenal with Koscielny and Permet, the the big friendly giant, have become quite a force. And their their goals against record is considerably better than Tottenham as well as being a great attacking force. We haven't remedied the goals against. And if you look at the, the, the for and against column, you're constantly looking at the goal differential mm. and you're always it's looking always at Tottenham and it's close yeah. to the minuses. Well, what gets me is when we, <laughs> score, when we do score a goal, we seem to somehow think it's OK to try and defend it. Mm. Well, We've never for, been able yeah. to do that. I mean, let's not forget, he's working what's been given to him. Uh, to be fair, like I say, he came in the summer. Has he really in that time... With all these pre-season friendlies you get down at Stevenage. I mean, you can't really, for me personally, test out a defence on the basis of pre-season. And like I say, now, this summer coming up... Well, they're doing this trip to Australia as soon as the season finishes, aren't they? (laughs) This ridiculous game against Sydney. But like I say, I mean, going back to the summer, I honestly feel, like I say, we need a world-class centre-back in place. Mm. I agree with what Emma's saying completely. But what I will say is, in relation to yesterday's performance at the end, if you say the in terms of the players, how long it takes him to get over it. If anyone saw Pochettino's presser yesterday at the end, he looked absolutely fuming. Mm. And that, for me, is important. Yeah. See if a manager cares. Yeah. He looked absolutely fuming. He knew they didn't turn up. And I think even what was nice is they acknowledged the fans, the amazing fans yesterday. Fans were brilliant. 75,000 fans yesterday at Old Trafford. All I could hear was Tottenham fans. You know, And that, for me, says it all. Unwavering loyalty, Tottenham fans. And for me, personally, like I say... It's all about going forwards now. That's what we've got to focus on. What made it all the worse was that they had a documentary about Glenn Hoddle on the same damn night. That was a killer. (laughs) That was a killer. It was. You know, you just think, oh, how much would he cost now? Yeah, exactly. Well, like the team, the three of you, you've, you've, you've talked me through the highs and lows. You've gone positive, you've gone negative. It's been, it's been a delight. Thank you so much, Emma. It's been great to have you on. Uh, thank you so much for joining us with your insight. You. Brian, it's always a pleasure to have you along. Thank you so much. Ricky, fantastic. Lovely to have you on making your debut. Pleasure. Um, well, that's it. Next week, we've got uh, Adam Powley, the uh, um, obviously um, Spurs fan and writer, and Jack Horton, who has been on for a while, who uh, runs the, uh, the 100 Club on um, Oxford Street. Don't forget all our links to our Facebook page, Twitter, Uh, the free iPhone apps. Everything is at spurshow.net. Thanks for joining us and see you again next week. Bye. This week's show is brought to you by amortgagenow.co.uk, the independent online mortgage brokers. Do you need help with a mortgage or remortgage? amortgagenow.co.uk provide a unique online independent mortgage advice service. 
This means no meetings, no paperwork, no hassle. Whatever your mortgage or remortgage needs, we can help. Visit amortgagenow.co.uk or call us now on 020-8979-9684. Amortgage Now are authorised and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority. Your home may be repossessed if you do not keep up repayments on a mortgage. This is a playback media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at spurshow.net. If you'd like to sponsor or advertise on this podcast, please call our marketing partners Sports Revolution on 0207 580 2850 or drop them a line at info at sportsrevolution.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.